This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. I love the weekend. I just, I love, 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 especially this week. I just needed a weekend. And when we started the Leapcast, they wanted to know what day of the week I wanted. And there's nothing like Pancake Sunday. Like, no, seriously. Like, I, I love every aspect of waking up. I go down and use the Costco brand pancake mix because you don't need to include eggs or milk. So I'm always ready. Like I have it, the huge bag of pancake mix. And my boys love the pancakes. My little one's easy. He just, Ari just wants like to have, he goes, Ari. And then he just points at it. Everything's Ari. He's, he's almost two. And when he wants something, he just goes, Ari. Like, Ari's, I want it, I guess. He, he just, he claims it. He's, he's territorial. And he Ari's the pancakes. But Spencer, the older one, we have a minimum of chocolate chips and bananas in the pancakes. Sometimes I bury it up. We do some blueberries, strawberries, blackberries. But the best thing that we do, and I was thinking about actually that we should do a restaurant with this, is put food coloring in the pancakes. And the kids just go bananas for that. Seriously, with the banana pancakes, obviously. And after this week, there's nothing like doing some pancake Sunday. A lot of you uh, in Long Island particularly, there's a lot of Italian population. So Sunday sauce is at two. So this might screw you up a little because how do you do pancakes at Sunday at 11 and then Sunday sauce at two, you'd be a blimp by the time you're done. So for you Italians out there that still do the gravy, I recommend you doing pancake Saturday. We're not against a pancake Saturday, but pancake Sunday in the Lieb house is how we do it because we have soccer on Saturday. And you can't eat pancakes and then go play soccer. Anyway, so this week, forgetting my life for a second, just the stock market has made me throw up a few times. And it's been up. It's been down. It's been down. It's been down. It's been up. It's been – the Liebcast is spent. And I don't know why we don't get um, another day off. I was reading an article actually, Lauren. You actually pointed out the article to me. Which one? And I thought it was interesting, so I'm just going to share it with everyone. It was this article – in Business Insider, I don't know if you remember it, it was about about many big companies are planning to use a hybrid work model. Some say they may be sleeping into discrimination. It's by this gal, Kate Duffy. And it's talking, and I'm going to go into that as we go into this uh, segment right here. But I read another thing, and I just want to share it with you, and it goes to this conversation. It was from the CEO of WeWork. You know WeWork? Sure. And he said, I'm paraphrasing. I don't want to get any defamation things. I'm just telling you what I I remember. And paraphrasing, opinion type thing. He basically said that people that want to work from home all the time aren't committed to your job. That's not true at all. Oh, I agree with him. He said that people that are committed work want to work from home some of the time but when someone doesn't want to be there all the time it's this and just so we're clear 
there's people that went to community college that are brilliant, and there's people that went to Harvard that are dumbos. But statistically speaking, if you hired 10 people from Harvard and 10 people from community college, I'm thinking you're getting a better lot from Harvard. I'm just throwing that out there. I would put my money on Harvard. I would put my money. Like the guy from community college could be much smarter than any gal from Harvard. It's possible. Like any randomized person, it could happen. So to the point to what the WeWork fella said, it is possible that someone that wants to work all week, all the time, all year from home is better than someone who comes to work on any given individual. They could be the best employee, most engaged since sliced bread, Lauren. But I'm thinking if you had 100 people and 100 of them said, I want to work from home all the time, never come to the office, never be there. That's the type of job I want. And then a hundred of them said, at least two to three days a week, I want to be in the office, be around my colleagues, share thoughts, ideas, inspiration, be driven by them. The people that want to come to the office are going to be more driven. I just, I think as a lot, I think Jamie Dimon actually said something about that too. I don't know if you were reading that and he said it differently. He was talking about, he was talking about people who are younger, I hate when people use the word younger when we're talking about employment because then you get into age discrimination, Jess. There it goes right back to the discrimination. But I'm going to say it a different way, Roddy. I'm going to say it a different way. Newer professionals. You see how Uh I did that? That was good. Newer professionals. I want to say professionals, any profession. It could be your, your trade could be a profession. Newer workers. Okay. Newer workers need to be in the office. That's basically what Diamond said. I'm paraphrasing again, no defamation. And I'm going to tell you what he said that. And I thought it was interesting. When you don't know Bupkis, how are you supposed to work from home? It makes zero sense. I was actually helping our niece out who is going to be a junior in college. And she came to me and she asked me to help her with her resume. And she, she wanted me to help her get an internship this summer. And I said to her, the first thing I said was, hey, have you decided when you graduate where you want to live? And she's like, I never thought about it. I'm like, oh, well, did you want to live with your parents? Do you want to live in a city? Do you want to be in a big office? I never thought about it. (laughs) She's a junior in college and never thought about it. And by the way, we love you. This isn't meant (laughs) intentionally. I think this is just a mindset of people who are in college that aren't necessarily thinking exactly what's going to happen when they graduate, especially well, during a pandemic. To what Jamie Dimon said, though, when you have a new entrant into a trade, a profession, an occupation, their skill set is not as good as someone with experience on the whole. Now, again, there's the anomaly of the person that was just born brilliant and they can just do everything. But most people, myself included, even now, being an experienced professional, need time to develop new skills. Like, it just doesn't happen magically. Like, I remember when I was in high school, Lauren, and my mom would talk about the smart kids could just go. She wanted to go snowboarding. Well, she didn't want to snowboard. She wanted to ski. She and wanted she wanted to, to go on vacation. She wanted to take me out of school. And she'd say, the smart kids just know the answers. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, they don't. You have to read it. I was like, you just, you can't know what's in a book through osmosis. It doesn't work like that. You need to put in the time. You got to pay your dues. So to Jamie Dimon's point, I want to go back to that. And then I'm going to tell you again why I'm so exhausted from this week for getting the stock market and everything else because I'm just shot. Like, well, I'll just tell you now. Just this week, just this week, I did a presentation for two of the biggest real estate brokerages in the United States. I did it on the East End about 
rental laws. And I get questions when I'm like teaching them that it's a felony to, for a real estate broker in the state of New York to draft a lease. It's a felony. I don't know if they you know get that. angry. Well, so one of them writes back to me on this. Because when I say write, I was doing it a Zoom. Well, if we can't write the leases, I don't understand why they even need us. I was like, do you have no value in your profession whatsoever besides doing illegal things for your clients? So just to clear that up. Real estate agents can't when they rent to a tenant when they when they they cannot pr- actually write on the lease, it cannot happen. So we're talking New York, just so we're crystal clear. And you might be like, "Well, it does happen." Like I live in Buffalo, New York, and it does happen. Well, let me tell you how it works. There's this thing called the Duncan and Hill standards from a famous case called Duncan and Hill, and Duncan and Hill says that there's an exception to the judiciary law that requires an attorney to write real estate contracts. Real estate contracts of sale, real estate leases, same rule applies. And the Duncan and Hill standard says that if the local counties, bar and realtors association, not in the disjunctive, but in the conjunctive end, meaning together, they both did it, not just one of them, creates a form lease or contract of sale, A broker is able, a salesperson is able, an associate real estate broker is able to fill in the blank on that lease as long as they're not developing legal terms. So if you notice in Buffalo, New York, real estate brokers will write contracts of sale. They'll write leases. But we were talking about the Hamptons, which is downstate New York. And in downstate New York, there's no such form by the local board of realtors, whether it be LIBOR, HANFOR, HGAR. There's no such form, even a REBNY. I know that's not a realtor organization, but it's a, a synonym. It's a, it's a corollary, so it's kind of interesting that they even said realtor organization, given that New York City doesn't real. They do. They have MENAR, but like they, REBNY is the big one there, and it's interesting that they have this rule. So anyway, downstate there is no such form. So the only way a real estate broker downstate New York can really write a lease or a contract of sale fill in the blank, as Lauren says, if it's subject to attorney approval. But if it's subject to attorney approval, it's not a binding agreement. Hence the problem. So anyway, that was my one of my experiences. Then I taught discrimination to one of the big, another national brokerage firm. I'm just spent. And so I'm thinking to myself, I want to work from home. Like that's, I was like- Not with our kids. I was dreaming though about, I was dreaming about at the beginning of the pandemic, and I hate to say it because I know how terrible that was when our, we were shut down with those executive orders. And I was dreaming about the fact that halfway through the day, I could go for a walk by the water and decompress. And now that I'm in the office all the time again, I was dreaming about that. And so I'm thinking to myself, we got a lot more to happen this week, by the way. Like, I don't know. Have you seen about this war in Israel and Palestine? Like, did you see, uh, I guess it's not called Palestine, um, Gaza. Do you see that Israeli tanks are, anyway, it's stressful, stressful. We if got- you haven't seen it, if you don't have anybody in your Facebook that just changed their profile picture to I love Israel. Well, that's not true. I have some people that say the exact opposite, Lauren. There's really? some, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And They're, mine is clearly skewed. Oh, you're skewed. So- <laughs> AOC, you know AOC, Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. You know she's she was in the squad. Squad. The squad. She's a, a representative from the city, and so she was saying about how it's. And I'm paraphrasing again, something like apartheid of what the Israelis are doing. They, everyone's got an opinion, and 
it's kind of like how politics go. It's so nuanced. And I'm sure there's lots of people that are right on all sides. Don't misunderstand. Like, I do not condone the 200 whatever plus bombs going. It's terrible, terrible civilians, casualties. But I'm thinking to myself of the kid that lives in Israel or the kid that lives in Gaza and their civilian casualty. I'm just not a fan of war. Like, I guess I, I'm a, more of a pacifist. Like, I'm, I'm not. So this thing stresses me out. And you got to realize that there's one Israel, there's one, and we're Jewish, so I just got to put this out there. And that doesn't make us Israeli. And someone actually said that you can't book Jewish people with Israelis together. And I, I agree with that statement, too. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean, like you're a Protestant, doesn't mean that you're English just because there's Protestant and uh, the Queen's the head of the church in England. Like, come on. And silly talk. It's just pure silly talk. Like, you're a Roman Catholic. It doesn't mean you're Italian. Like, I'm just telling you, like, it's silly talk. So anyway, it stresses me out because the world's in turmoil. And then you got these jokers that are parrot of any any conservative media they can ever find. You're probably one of them. Like, you, I, I think this station is bank conservative. You, you might be one of these idiots that are now posting about, and you're an idiot. Um, no, seriously. Um because everything's nuanced again, and they're posting gas prices are up. It's Biden's fault. Biden's or something. fault. Like, and they're showing pictures of gas at the tank. Like, first of all, first of all, setting aside the fact that gas prices were down when no one was commuting, there was a major cyber attack on a pipeline. And then other idiots out there are saying, hey, well, now we appreciate how important pipelines are. And I don't think anyone's ever not been appreciating how important pipelines are. I never thought about it before. But oh. now that I've thought about it, well, I well, have much appreciation. But you do and you don't. Because on the same note, when you install a pipeline, you go through nature. And there was a lot of pushback of the pipeline. That's what they're referencing from when the Trump administration was going. There was lots of fights about pipelines. And w there's issues about natural disasters that pipelines can do. So what happened here, just so we're clear, is it's like Monday morning quarterbacking. They're saying, oh, pipelines can go down because of cyber attacks. Therefore, we need more pipelines. But the counter argument is pipelines can fail and then we can have leaks of chemicals all over creating natural disasters. So therefore, we need less pipelines. It's like saying that one event occurred. So we're going to use this anecdotal research to make statistical correlations. Like you're making generalizations based on one event. So it stresses me out. That's all I'm trying to say is it stresses me out. And I want to say something, Lauren. I know okay. you want to say something. I have but my hand up. I know, but okay. I, I have to finish first. Just finish. This is all I want to say. I'm not saying that I know the answers to these things. All I'm saying is that you people that are so sure of yourself are clearly numbskulls because no one's so sure of themselves that's an expert on the topic. Like, it's so nuanced and there's so much to it. I'm just giving you minor surface stuff to consider that I think you can be pro-environment and not having oil disasters in the environment and also being pro-having pipelines to distribute oil to places that need it so then you don't have oil issues. I think those are both possible to occur at the same time. And I think that you can be concerned about both. And the real question is, instead of saying I'm pro or against pipeline, is how can we mitigate risk while maximizing benefit? That should be the conversation of politicians today. And the fact that I watch MSNBC or I watch Fox News and I don't hear that and I just hear why they're right and the other side's wrong makes you all idiots. Now it's your hand up. I was just going to say that I heard that 
electric cars might be the norm by 2035. And this makes me really excited to expedite that. Is that just like squirrel in your head? You yeah. Just, uh, like, <laughs> I heard that it might rain on Tuesday, the 14th Wednesday. of January. 15th. Like, what are you like? <laughs> so, squirrel. Lord's like, I got something. I got something. You said energy. So I know energy. <laughs> energy. Lord, I'm going to give you a random back. When okay. Elon Musk was, yeah. was um, on Saturday Night Live, they spotted the new Tesla trucks in New York City, which is going to revolutionize trucks, EV, electric vehicles. See, we both can say random (laughs) nonsense. So we have so much going on, though. Like, we're finalizing... Finalizing renovations to our commercial building, we decided in the pandemic, instead of whining about having some vacancies, that it was the perfect opportunity to do renovations. Now, my banker seems to disagree with that now that I've changed the HVAC system, changed the ceilings, changed the lighting, changed the floor, changed the structure, changed the doors, changed the handles, changed the paint. Oh, and then get this. My genius tenants like to come up to me after I invested, I don't know, countless money. money. And I, I, I'm, I'm hurting from this, but I wanted to do it. I thought it was a good timing to do it business-wise. And they come up to me and they go, can I get a reduction in rent if I was to put in a planter right over here? Really? How about you give me an increase in rent for the better building that you now have? So it's been a, a time and that's why it does look very pretty, though. So if you are looking to rent any commercial space in the Smithtown area, I love that, Lauren. Lo- it's Lauren, awesome. Lauren has listeners in France, and then and then they're <laughs> saying, you know what? Lauren said that there's this Ooh. new commercial space that was renovated at Smithtown. Let's relocate. You know what? You don't need to work from home. You can move to the Smithtown area and rent in our office building because well, it's so pretty. You say that, and it's interesting. Some people working from home are finding smaller spaces in the suburbs as opposed to their office, because as you said, you said it before, we can't work from home because we got a two-year-old and a seven-year-old who are loud, need attention, like bang on our keyboards. It just doesn't work. Like working from home on a legal call with a judge, forgetting the the attorney that was going, I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat when he was on Zoom. <laughs> I would just have my son being like, boogers. <laughs> like he would be telling the judge. So like there's people that are now renting office space they might traditionally be in, I don't know, a 100,000 square foot space with their business. And they're renting for themselves like a 500 square foot space or a 200 square foot space. Just and- to have a wall and a door without somebody bothering you. Or, no kids. You know, it's funny. I went to a party, my first party since the pandemic last week. And I was talking to- Party this- girl. I was a party girl. Yes. And I was talking to this woman who told me that her husband works from home and she was she raised her children and she didn't work. But when her husband started working from home, she decided to get a job at a retail clothing store because she had to leave the house. And she thought that by having casual conversations with pleasant people was going to be so exciting for her. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool thing to do, actually, just to do it because you want to have a positive interaction. I can't even contemplate taking on another thing on right now, Lauren. I am so happy it's Pancake Sunday. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, I do agree, Jamie Dimon. I think that there's something about involvement. Like we have a new hire now, a new top attorney we brought in. Ori won rising stars from super lawyers twice. This guy, this guy's killing it. And he, he used to work in insurance defense, which gives us a new capability that we really we have someone from the dock side on our on our team now. And just getting him all his systems updated. 
and new computing. Like we had systems, but he needed new stuff and we're, we're growing in the middle of the pandemic, which is great. But I just want to work from home again. And I'm reading this article just to go back by Kate Duffy from May that you sent to me. And here's what it says. Employees who work in the office five days a week are unfairly advantaged to connect, evolve, and adopt, adapt with each other. And that's according to this Martin Sackle, I think, of Organization Effectiveness Cambridge. And then and then I read more, I read more, and remote staff will likely be disadvantaged without explicit policy to prevent otherwise. And that's by Sandeep Mishra, a professor at University of Guelph in Ontario. And I'm thinking to myself, they're saying this is ripe for discrimination. And why? Because different demographics are more likely to work from home, like women are more likely to work from home. Now, the question becomes, why are women more likely to work from home? Not should we say to ourselves, hey, because women work from home, how do we create policies to allow them to work from home? The better solution, Lauren, is found in the New York State budget. We didn't get a chance to really talk about this, but on April 19th, the New York State budget was passed. People were debating back and forth, left and right, New York State budget. And they're going back. But what I thought was the most interesting, here's the better solution. Statewide universal full-day pre-kindergarten program. Instead of saying, hey, women are more likely to work from home to take care of the kids, let's create systems to allow women to go to work too on a macro level. You see what I'm saying? Now, I get that. Providing $105 million expansion to full-day pre-kindergarten in the budget, providing pre-K funding to 210 districts who don't currently receive state-funded full-day pre-K may not be the full answer. That wasn't the budget. I may not say that's the full answer. And yes, we need to create abilities. Like our law firm does a Zoom meeting every day at two so everyone can participate everywhere. But here's the real question. If you work from home, Maybe you're disabled and you work from home. Maybe it's harder for you to get to the office. You are disabled. And case law says when it comes to accommodations, you may be even to be put into an advantage as opposed to a neutral policy because of your disability. They may say, hey, other people don't have access to work from home, but because of your disability, we're going to let you work from home and we're going to get you more ability to have contact with managers because otherwise you would be discriminated against. That's accommodation. And there's case law where if you don't even go more than other people, the disabled person could bring the lawsuit. I get that. But maybe the solution is to find a way to quantify, to measure effort for engagement. We do that in our law firm. So I'm thinking like what I think, and I agree, I have new hires. I have, I have a law clerk, someone in law school that works for us. I have different people at different levels on their, on their career that work for us. I think the key to all of this, to avoid this sleepwalking into discrimination, to solve the engagement crisis that's said by the CEO of WeWork, to solve that younger people are disadvantaged is twofold. Number one, we need macro-level solutions that allow people to come to the office so their barriers to entry are eliminated. They can't be fully gone. Secondarily, we need to measure their efforts of engagement, not their actually seeing people. You know, it is Pancake Sunday. So let's take a break, grab a bite. The Leapcast will be right back.
Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentoleap.com. 